And when I opened my eyes to it, it was like I was seeing that special sign of God's presence just sprinkled all around me as if he had been raining manna down for me to pick up and consume. Stay tuned to hear Sarah speak more about the inspiration for her new book, Hidden Manna on a Country Road. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Welcome to Positively Joy. Are you living life but feel like something's missing? You've come to the right place. I'm your host, Yvette Walker, and here we discover the true meaning of joy and learn that it's not just a feeling, it's faith. Jesus says in the Gospel of John chapter 15 that we can be filled with the only joy that will complete us simply by abiding in the Father's love and doing His will. This season, we will explore finding joy by walking with God in our everyday lives. Stay with us and hear other stories as they too have walked this path of discovery. Author Sarah Geringer has written many books, but the new Hidden Manna on a Country Road is beautiful, insightful, and moving. Geringer gets her inspiration from her beloved Missouri, but also from her extraordinary Christian upbringing. Listen as she candidly reveals how she came to know Christ and how she dwells with God every day. Here's Sarah. Sarah Geringer, thank you so much for being on the show today. I am so glad to be with you. Thank you. Well, I wanted to have you on the show today because of a book that's coming out this fall that really connected with me in a big way. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But really all the things that you do, uh, you have a couple of podcasts out, you've written many other books, and you are also on writing teams of some pretty impressive blogs, Proverbs 31 Ministries, Kingdom Edge Magazine, and Woman to Woman Ministries. And so again, pretty impressive work. You're out there spreading the good word of the gospel. Well, like I say, um, I can't not write. So I know it's not correct grammar, but we writers understand if you feel like you're born to write, that's what you have to do. And I'm just so grateful that God has given me that opportunity to share about him through written words and spoken words too, but written words are kind of my favorite place to be. Absolutely. No, I hear that as a, as a writer and as a former journalist, I I really appreciate the written word. Um, So I, I really hear that. And we are going to get into that written word in a minute, but let's find out a little bit more about you. Tell me about your faith journey, your faith walk, and how you have come to where you are today. Well, I am really blessed because I don't remember not believing in God. Mm. And um, I have a photographic memory. The first memory I have is when I was 16 months old. Um, There was a blizzard that came through my area, and it was a 50-year storm, and I remember that. Um, And one of my first memories was being in church when I was three years old and just feeling the presence of God, and I knew He was real, and I knew He was my 
Heavenly Father. So I'm really blessed um, that I started out knowing my father uh, because uh, when I was four, my parents divorced. So I had a father wound. And so I think that the Lord was preparing me because he knew I was going to struggle with that. So he met me first as my father. And in the um, denomination in which I grew up, it had a very um, high reverence for God. And so I think in those denominations, the father is kind of uplifted um, because of his majesty and his holiness. And, and that served me well in terms of grounding my faith and giving me a very high view of the Bible and, and believing that it has just ultimate authority. Even as a child, I just knew that. Um, and then when I was 15, I had a born again experience. And so I started to get to know the Holy Spirit and how he works in my life. Um, and then really I was in my late thirties when I really started connecting with um, Jesus as my friend and my savior and like the lover of my soul, really. So I have kind of a different um, different journey, I think, than most American Christians, I could say. Most of us start out with Jesus because he was man and God, so we can relate to him because he was a human being. Um but I think God had me on that journey for me because he knew what I needed at certain points in my faith. So it's unique, but I think it was, it was meant for me to walk out that, that kind of journey. Mm, it was predestined. Yeah. The Positively Joy podcast is a member of the Spark Media Network and can be heard on the Edify app. You know, it's pledge season on some public radio networks. We don't do that here but we can't exist without your support. Join my friend SP in becoming a Patreon monthly giver. You can give as little as $5 and receive some great benefits. Go to PositivelyJoy.com and click support. You know, there are some people that have difficulty understanding the concept of the Trinity, but he allowed you to experience the Trinity specifically, let's even say strategically in different parts of your life clearly because you needed that. What a gift. And what a gift as far as the um, uh, the memory. Oh my goodness, what a gift that yeah. you received. It It is a gift. Um, uh, I think I get it from my great-grandmother because, um, you know, families pass down traits, not just diseases and things genetically, but we we pass down personality traits and, and other talents and things. But um, I have a best friend of over 35 years, another huge gift in my life. But, you know, she knows all the stories and she's like, Sarah, you know, this, it's just as much a curse as it is a blessing because you have all these vivid, full five sensory memories of like the bad things that have happened to you mm. as well as the good. And she said, I think most normal people that don't have photographic memory aren't tormented by so many details. Um, but I'm also a highly sensitive person. So I think that plays into it um, because I just, 
feel things and pick up on things probably more than the average person. That's another way that God wired me. And I actually think now that I'm a writer for a living, I believe that God equipped me with those things, the photographic memory and also the high sensitivity because he wanted it to enrich my writing to bless other people. I think it was really in service to his kingdom work. I really do believe that. And that has made all the suffering attached to it worth it because I know it blesses other people. Mm. This this is really special. I have a question for you. I'm, I want to set it up properly. So your website, Finding Peace in God's Word. So we know that that God's Word centers you and you encourage other people to do that. We also know that you do believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You believe in you know, many of the, the Christian tenets that we all do. But there's also the piece of supernatural that he has allowed you to have. Some Christians feel a little uncomfortable about that. Have you ever experience some Christians not wanting to, to take, you know, to believe in that part of your story or to, you know, to really kind of get behind that part of your story? Has that been difficult for you? Yes. I don't think anyone has ever asked me that question of it. Like that's very insightful for you. And it's kind of exciting to talk about it for the first time. Wow. Um, I remember, As a child, I would share stories. I went to a a Christian school, so we had religion class every day. And I would share stories, and there would be an uncomfortable silence in my fifth grade or sixth grade class. And these are the same 24 kids. It was like we were a family, honestly. So they knew what I was like. But I would go deep, and they didn't get it. It's not like they didn't believe me, but they hadn't experienced it. And so they couldn't relate. So I have always felt um, as kind of an outsider, honestly, even within the church. Like I'm saying, this is Christian school (laughs) that I'm in, um, which was the school was attached to our church. So my whole world from first through eighth grade was church, honestly. Mm -hmm. But even church people found me hard to understand as a child. And I feel like I gained affirmation when, uh, this is something I talk about openly on my podcasts and and a lot of stuff that I write. um, I'm a big believer in um, Christian counseling. In fact, I write for Christian counselors So if I hadn't been a writer or an artist, I'd probably have been a psychologist. So I'm really interested in that. Mm -hmm. So I spent over five years seeing my therapist and he and I are on the same wavelength. He's kind of like a, a spiritual father to me. And he was telling me some stories because I would tell him these stories and be like, do you think I'm nuts? You know, these things that I'm hearing from God or sensing from God. And he was so affirming because he's like, you know, I teach Bible classes at my church, but I don't even share this stuff with people at church. Like, 
So you're in the inner circle, but I'm going to share some of these stories with you because I want to encourage you that you're not alone. But then he shared these with me and I'm going, wow, you know, but he said, this is a gift. This is a gift that God has given you and you have to be careful. You can't, the, Jesus tells us, don't throw pearls before swine, right? Mm-hmm. And some of that spiritual knowledge, you have to be very judicious in how you share it. And it is for the edification of the body, but you, I have learned over time in my uh, writing ministry to my tribe that I need to take them just a little bit past where they go, where they're at right now, like stretch them a little bit, but don't go way too deep because that just frightens or overwhelms them or maybe even causes them to feel guilty kind of that they're not there yet. But on the other hand, anytime that I like in small group settings, if I said, Oh, I need to, you know, tone myself down or usually what people will say in person to me is no, 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 please don't like you have this special connection with God that is so inspiring. Like, I just want to hear more about it, even though I don't get it. Like I'm intrigued, you know, so I have to walk this fine line of really depending on the Holy spirit, honestly, to know when to say things and to whom to say them. But um, it's it's like I just opened a door, honestly, talking about that with you, Yvette. So I'm so glad you asked. Well, <laughs> I so you know we the, clearly I was prompted by the Spirit because I did not know I didn't realize that no one had ever asked you that question before. Yeah. Um, sometimes I do get that. So <laughs> um, and and so if anything, if I ask good questions, it's, it's the Spirit prompting me. But I will tell you this. Um, I have a spiritual mentor who is similar to you, has similar experiences to you. And and while I don't understand it, I, I do believe it's real. And I do um, really, really get such wonderful advice. If, if, if something, if I need an answer like right now, I will call her. <laughs> and I know that she will have something for me. So the people who go to you and say, no, no, do tell us, um, you know, like you said, you're pushing them just a little bit, maybe past their comfort zone, but the spirit will let you know when to do that. And while I understand this is completely different than speaking in tongues, you know, the spirit does tell us to be judicious about that gift. And so I imagine that this is maybe a similar thing that he will tell you to be judicious about this gift and you will know when to reveal it and you will know when to hold on to it for a little bit. Right. Yeah, I think insight is probably one of my, it hasn't shown up on spiritual gift tests, which I highly recommend to everybody listening. If you haven't taken a spiritual gifts test, it will open your eyes to so many things. And it's so encouraging to know that God equips you with these things. But mine have stayed pretty much the same since the first time I took it in high school. So it's knowledge, wisdom, and faith. Those are my three main ones. But as I've matured in my faith, some of those other gifts God has added on, like prophecy and like spiritual insight. And so I think it's just 
it's just a natural wiring that God put in me, but it's also a spiritual gift. And so that's why I have to be so dependent on God on how I use it and when I use it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just between me and him, honestly. Right. And I think the people that are coming to you probably share the testimony that I have in that um, I felt like when I was a little girl, I grew I grew up in Catholic school. So I went to Catholic school, a Christian school, connected to the church, was in church all the time, went to Catholic element, I mean, elementary and high school. So again, you know, um, and felt like when I was younger, before I grew up, before I got into the world and had a job and all those other things that distract us, I felt very connected to him and could hear him. When I became an adult, I felt like I could no longer hear him. That really made me sad. And I've been working on reconnecting that. And I've had some breakthroughs, which is great. But I think for someone like me, talking to you, you know, we want to know, we want to, we want to understand that, yes, that gift exists for certain people. And, you know, it's important to understand that we may not have that gift, but we need to connect with him as much as possible. Getting in the word is a big part of it, of course. And um, as much as I know that, again, as we were talking before the show started, I work full time so I can get distracted too. Um, So I need to stay in the word as much as possible but also just be open to him to let him speak to you. So people who have your gift, I mean, I think it's wonderful. And mm-hmm. I think many of us now, as, as you said, it, um, it comes with good and bad, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But those of us who are very curious about your gift, it's probably because we want, we want to be, a, we want a little part of that ourselves. <laughs> well, I'm I'm just thinking of something again this is not something I have talked about very much but I'm just going to have to be open about this um because you said you grew up catholic mm-hmm. and I grew up lutheran and and my uh whole side of my stepfather's family is catholic so I'm I'm very familiar with the catholic tradition too I would say lutherans and catholics both have this very high view of father god you know holy mm-hmm. almost untouchable like kind of, you know, and what I feel like, um, I just did this, um, when, when the Uvalde shooter incident happened. Mm -hmm. Okay. That was what, about a month, maybe six weeks ago, Mm -hmm. we're recording this today. And I don't go to a Lutheran church anymore. Um, I go to a contemporary service that is not liturgical. Okay. But I literally got my old hymnal out from when I was a kid and I sat there and went through the liturgy myself, just tears pouring down my face. And it's like, I think I needed to revisit that neural pathway that is so deeply ingrained in me and was repeated over and over. I'm sure right now you're thinking of that liturgy that you know from when you're a child, right? Mm -hmm. And I know there's a resurgence in, in the Western culture right now, in the Western church of going back to some liturgical services to reconnect with God because it's like this predictable pathway, kind of like these stepping stones that you go through and then your own individual spirituality can kind of flourish 
out of that pattern. The very first chapter of my book that we're going to talk about, I talk about it in a liturgical service. I go on these prayer walks and I set them up as a liturgy mm-hmm. in my mind. When I go down the hill, I'm going in one, I'm, I'm starting service. I start with the praise. I start, and then we go into the meat of my prayer, which is like the sermon. And I come back and I'm praising and I'm communing with God. This is all familiar to you. I see you, you know, nodding yeah. because you know this, like we, we, now the danger of it and I know you're probably aware of this too, is that you just go through the motions, right? Because you're not engaging. But I think if you engage in that kind of pattern of worship, it's it's like a security system for your soul. Like, I know this is true. I, I'm, I'm, I'm covering all the bases. I guess that could be the way. I want to not just praise God, but I need to confess my sin. I need to, I need to say what I believe in the form of the creed. You know, I need to read from the gospels. I need to read from the epistles. I need to um, hear the sermon. I need to say the prayer of thanks, you know, and going through those um, motions, those religious motions, honestly, in my prayer walk it just grounds me and I just feel complete in my worship because, because I'm, I'm touching all of those little, um, all those little paving stones in this way that I worship God. And that's comforting to me, especially in the turmoil of the last few years, the pandemic, the riots in 2020, I felt like our whole world was on fire. You know, it was just so comforting to me to go out in nature and think these trees are the same kind of trees that existed in the Garden of Eden. I'm pretty sure that a maple tree in the Garden of Eden looked like a maple tree now. Like that was very comforting to me, mm-hmm. you know, and then layering that ritual of, of liturgical worship on top of it. It just grounded my soul. And that's what I needed when the pandemic was going. And that's that's how this, that's where this book was birthed from. Um, connecting with God in nature and prayer through the pandemic. That's what it was from. So I love, I love that you and I have that connection. Uh, my husband, um, goes to a non-denominational church that is more, I don't think they would call themselves evangelical, but more in, in that style, um, w- contemporary worship and things like that. Um, I haven't been to Catholic church in a long time. I've never renounced, but I go to Episcopal church from time to time. Um, there is a reception between Catholics and Episcopalians. Yep. And so uh-huh. you can go to Episcopal church. So I've been going to Episcopal church um, for most of my adult life, met my husband, and he started taking me to his church. I love contemporary Christian music, so it's great. But there are times, and for me, it's the high holy days. It's not Easter. It's not Christmas. It's uh-huh. not the high holy days without me going to a service. I'll go to two services at those days. I mean, I go to two services frequently throughout the year because, and I never thought about it this way until you mentioned it as 
kind of using the ritual to to worship him and to give him glory. And I think the ritual was was written like that because there are people who don't know how to pray. There are people who are uncomfortable. They don't know how to show glory and it's written for you. And maybe that's why, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a religious scholar like that, but maybe that's why that text was written like that so that people could follow along and could say the prayers in a way that they maybe personally could not do. I do know it makes a big difference for me on special days. And I think it's just really fascinating that you chose that that time to go back to your roots and understand that you needed to do that for yourself, but also, you know, also to further glorify God. And you're using it as a framework for the book. So let's talk about the book. And I love, so Hidden Manna on a Country Road. So I love the title and I love the cover. And when I, when I saw it just the other day on Facebook, I said, I love this title and this cover so much because it reminded me of uh, an experience that I had, a blog post that I wrote uh, maybe six months ago, where I had lost something um, and I was walking down the road to see something had fallen out of my car. Long story. (laughs) And I was walking down the road because I thought it had fallen out of the car or something. And that experience and finding it just where you least expected it was just a very interesting thing. And so when I saw your new book, and I haven't read it yet, and I, I can't wait to read it, mm-hmm. um, but it reminded me of that. So um, so let's talk a little bit about that and why you wrote it. Okay. Well, I'm basically going to tell you the introduction of the book. <laughs> okay. So I've had this, um, you know, those perpetual calendars, it's like a 365-day calendar. So I've had one since the 1990s, right? It's just it's calligraphic names of God. So I was just going through it like I've used it for years. And it said hidden manna. And I'm like, what? Why, why is hidden manna a name for God? And there's there's a, just a short paragraph on each page that describes it. And it went to a verse in Revelation where... Um, John is recording. It's it's the part where they're where they're speaking to the churches in the in the first part of Revelation, and he's saying, "I will basically, if you're faithful, I will give you some of the hidden manna." And I'm like, "Okay, this is this is the Apostle John writing in the first century. We know that manna had not fallen on the ground for the Israelites. The last day it happened was the day that they entered the promised land." Right. So Mm -hmm. like thousands of years prior to that. So I'm like, what is he talking about? You know, so I go back to the book of Exodus and I read about the manna and what the purpose was. And basically what happened was, you know, the Israelites are out in the wilderness and they're crying out for food. And so God gives them this bread from heaven, falls down And they have to collect it, and then they can make it into all kinds of things. But what one special part of it was they collected a little cup of it and put it in the Ark of the Covenant, which they carried with them. 
So to the Israelites, the Ark of the Covenant was a symbol, a physical, actual symbol of God's presence and also his holiness. Like they couldn't touch it or they would die. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it was, it was wow, right? It was a wow factor thing. But one of the items inside the Ark of the Covenant was the cup of manna. And as we know before, the manna had a 24-hour life. It would, it would um, decay. And if they collected too much, it would develop like maggots in it. And, and God was doing that because he wanted them, he wanted the Israelites to be dependent on him mm-hmm. just for their daily bread, right? So the manna in the Ark of the Covenant did not spoil. So it was supernaturally sustained, I guess. And I think that was the manna. I think that was the manna that John was writing about thousands of years later. Like, I'm going to give you this, this precious supernaturally preserved special reward from God's very presence if you're going to be faithful to me. Mm. But when I thought and thought and thought and thought about this concept, and here it is that, that pandemic year, and I'm going outside and I've always been a lover of nature I feel guilty. I really do feel like some sense of guilt if I don't get outside every single day, no matter what the weather is. I'm an outside girl, you know? And I really felt like 2020, the spring and the summer and the fall were the most beautiful ones that I had experienced. I live, my house is in the middle of the woods, so I see green out of every window, right? So, and I'm I mean, I'm a gardener, so I'm out there and I'm just telling you, God just really showed off that year in nature. And I think it's because he knew we needed it. Mm -hmm. We needed that extra beauty. We needed that extra sustenance for our souls that year. And so I started looking at these little, you know, when I go on my walks, I look for the wildflowers that are in bloom. And just little glimpses of of God's um, goodness in nature. And when I opened my eyes to it, it was like I was seeing that special sign of God's presence just sprinkled all around me as if he had been raining manna down for me to pick up and consume, you know, to to edify me. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I had to get out there. My role was to get out there and find it. it. I just didn't have to look very hard because it was just all over the place. I just had to get out there and commune with God in prayer. And then he's like, look at what I have right here for you. What does this represent to you? What does this flower or leaf or animal or uh, you know, part of the sky what does this say to you? What kind of spiritual metaphor can you unlock from that? And so that's what I do in the chapters of this book. I pick out all these metaphors in nature uh, that I hope are going to not just 
bless people who live in Missouri, where I live, that I wrote this, but I'm saying in the city, you know, I talk about inanimate objects like uh, cans of beer that are on the side of the road. How is that hidden manna? So it's not always a butterfly or a flower. Sometimes it's human-made stuff. And that's just as much a call for me to pray and depend on God as the living thing that God created, whether it's a plant or an animal. So it was just this huge path of discovery um, that moved me to get outside of myself and both worship God and intercessorily pray for other people. That's what the whole book is about. Mm. So beautiful. So beautiful. Well, this has been wonderful. We talked about a lot of things that I didn't expect to talk about, but this, you know, but the Lord, the Lord prompts and the spirit moves. And so, you know, I really, I know, I don't hope, I know that whoever's listening to this um, has been touched in some way. And um, I encourage everyone to check out Hidden Man on a Country Road. Mm-hmm. I, I encourage everyone to check out uh, Sarah's website. Is it sarahgeringer.com? That's right. Uh-huh. Okay. And I'll put these things in the show notes. Uh-huh. And, uh, and there's many other books that Sarah has written that I know will bless you. Um, but definitely check this one out. And then I think you also have, um, right around the time that we think this will be airing, um, the blog post or a devotional series that's coming out as well? Well, what I'll do is have the launch team open. So if you want to help, if you want to get early access to a copy of the book and you want to help spread the word about it, then there'll be all kinds of um, extras and bonuses and prizes if you decide to join the team. So you can check out. I'll have a whole big thing on the front page of my site if you're interested in joining that. Wonderful. Well, I feel very peaceful and calm after speaking to you. Um, I, I bless the Lord for allowing this conversation to happen because you've reminded me of a lot of things that I really do already know. Um, and I also thank you for being open and sharing some things that, again, I didn't know what we were going to, we didn't talk, you know, we weren't going to talk about all these things. And I appreciate it. And thank you for sharing some of the things that we talked about today. I actually feel like I have more joy from talking with you. And that is the whole point of your podcast. So we gained from each other, didn't we? We did. We did. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Positively Joy. Please leave us a review and a ranking wherever you are listening. Special thanks to music composer Morel Sanders and to editor Susan Marie. For more podcasts, go to thejam.online to listen to Journalists Advancing Ministry about journalists who have left media for the ministry. And go to amazon.com to read Whispering in His Ear, my book of devotions that include life lessons, prayers, and journal writing, along with multimedia songs and spoken word. For Positively Joy t-shirts and other merch, go to PositivelyJoy.com and click shop.